0: Welcome to the Global Development Institute podcast. Based at the University of Manchester, we're Europe's largest research and teaching institute addressing poverty and inequality. Each episode will bring you the latest thinking, insights, and debate in development studies. My name is Jen O'Brien. I'm a lecturer in geography with a background in development geography, and I'm also the Director of Social Responsibility for the School of Environment Education and Development. It's my honour today to talk to David Hume, Professor of Development Studies and the Executive Director of the Global Development Institute. Thank you very much for your time today. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about where we're up to, globally speaking, in development after three years of work towards the Sustainable Development Goals. So maybe David, perhaps you could begin by just telling us a little bit about the Sustainable Development Goals and what they mean for Global Development
1: Yeah, the Sustainable Development Goals are a set of 17 goals, so quite a long list that uh, all the UN member countries, 193 of them, have signed up to try and improve uh, well-being for the whole of the uh, world's population and also to make sure that we uh, are able to uh, guarantee to future generations A good opportunity for them to have uh, uh, livelihoods that they can uh, enjoy. They come out of the Millennium Development Goals that were agreed back in. 2000, um, and uh, those goals were partly achieved when they finished off in 2015, and they include most of those Millennium Development Goals, but they extend into a whole number of new areas, such as not just reducing poverty, reducing inequality, such as not just moving towards sustainability, but making consumption sustainable for all people. So these are more, more ambitious than the uh, Millennium uh, Development Goals. The great thing about these is they are actually uh, have been created by formal United Nations processes. The Millennium Development Goals were achieved by quite political negotiations between different groups of nations, but this was a much more open process in which all 193 UN member states were able to talk about what they thought should be the global goals for the next 15 years up to 2030.
0: Okay, thank you. So to pick up on two key points that you made there. So firstly, you referenced Sustainable Development Goals being more ambitious than the Millennium Development Goals. We're marking the three-year anniversary of the SDGs in September of 2018. If you're going to summarise the progress that we've made towards the SDGs so far, do you think we have made good progress? Do you think we've achieved some of those or on the road to achieve those ambitious targets? Or are they too ambitious?
1: Um, well, they've got to be... Pretty ambitious to stretch us because we can't be complacent. Um, but if they are impossible to achieve, then that might lead to despair or to negative um, reactions. But um, I mean, overall, I think one would would give them a mixed report. But uh, there are seven billion people on the earth. There are a lot of complex economic and political processes occurring. So a mixed report in which there is significant progress towards some goals um, is is a pretty good a good achievement and certainly, when one looks at the at these goals um, historically, then the rate at which we are uh, making improvements on some of these goals is extremely fast. It's not fast enough, it's not satisfactory, not but it's much better than has happened. For any previous generation, so um, you know, I, I think at the moment one would give them a, a mixed um, a, 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 yeah, a mixed report okay.
0: are there any major areas of success that you would reflect upon?
1: Um, well major areas of success certainly is that poverty continues to reduce absolute poverty. Quite significantly, sometimes due to government action, sometimes due to the economic growth that's occurring in some parts of the world. But poverty uh, is continuing to reduce, and overall uh, human life expectancy continues to extend in most parts of the world and extend at quite a rapid rate again, historically, uh, at a rate which is. Much better than was achieved uh, in the in the nineteenth or the twentieth century. So there's certainly been uh, improvements in those areas. In education, there are some improvements. You know, a smaller proportion of the world's children are not going to school, and more girls are going to school in many parts of the world than used to go to school, though there are some concerns about the quality of the education that they're getting and whether the literacy uh, and numeracy uh, is is working so well. So no, there are definitely in terms of poverty, health and education, one can see that there is progress towards the goals.
0: Okay, thank you. Just to tease out some of that, that complexity. So I entirely understand how the idea of having a longer life expectancy is deemed as a real success within the sustainable development goals and development, broadly speaking. But obviously, an increased older population brings with it other complications as well. And I'm aware of the most recent SDG report that looked at the interlinkages between the goals. Could you perhaps say something around the complexities of delivering to such and, by your own words, ambitious set of targets and and how they fit together, how the, the goals link to each other?
1: Yeah, Noel, I mean, being an academic, once you start stripping it down, you can find all sorts of relationships between these different goals and the ways in which they uh, might often accelerate each other. And there could be synergies, but sometimes in the way that at times there might be trade-offs. And clearly one of the biggest trade-offs would be whether one moves towards sustainability in ways that reduce economic growth, which is likely to slow down. Uh, poverty reduction and perhaps slow down hunger reduction or whether one can find some position um, in which one can achieve both of these goals um, uh, to to a satisfactory degree at the same time. If you're looking positively then certainly lots of evidence showing that as you get girls into school they are more likely to be able to have the sorts of lives and careers and family sizes that they want more likely to be able to engage economically and that then can contribute to economic growth. Educated girls tend to have lower uh, child mortality rates. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when you've got more equitable societies, there are often a lot of additional benefits in terms of people being content and satisfied with their lives. So certainly when you look at some of the goals, then they interact. You know, clear, as I say, the, the gender uh, goal in getting girls into education has positive health impacts, positive impacts on the economy.
0: Okay so they do very much fit together as, as an overall development project.
1: Yeah, and certainly one of the I mean ideas between having these long lists was that uh, simply prioritizing one or two or three things was not enough. You needed to see if you could get the synergies so that you're making progress uh, so making progress in one goal actually increases the rate of progress that you make um, in another goal. But I mean, as you said, with the aging population, mm. that's a great success people not dying earlier yes. on in life um, sure. and, uh, 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 and uh, uh, yeah, not being able to, to, to have uh, full lives. Uh, but it does mean that you end up with a population which potentially is less economically productive. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are, I mean, two things about this. One is that um, it's getting into the complexities, but actually the idea that people have to stop work at 60 or 65 is not actually preordained. If people were enjoying their work, they could go on and work and contribute to uh, the economy and society um, afterwards. And if one uh, is building an equitable society, which is promoting social justice, then it should be possible to provide for those elderly people when they do move into the decline in the later years of their life. But that could be economically productive. That can create lots of satisfying jobs for... Younger people in the care sector in providing for the well-being uh, of older people and helping them have dignified uh, later lives. So anyway, if we can construct these in the right ways, then yeah, the elderly population doesn't need to be seen as a problem. They could be uh, elder colleagues who we treat with great respect and who provide jobs for the next generation.
0: Thank you. And that touched upon also you referenced earlier about this sort of the, the, the process of the SDGs. And my understanding is it's this global uh, commitment across the, the global north and global south. And the goals should be as applicable to Manchester as they should to Mozambique via Milan and, and Malawi. How do you think that plays out in reality? So what do you think has been the commitment of foreign policy, say, towards sustainable development goals? Do you think they are as applicable to Manchester? Do we face a similar challenges, perhaps, that are being seen in what we rec- recognise as the global south, more typically with the developing, developing
1: world? Yeah, no, I mean, the, the, the great advance of the SDGs was they didn't just see global development as being about poorer countries or poorer people, but they saw it about as being about the relationship and the forms of development that occur around the world. And so, yes, the SDGs do apply to Manchester uh, to a very significant uh, degree. Uh, in a way, the challenge for many of us in Manchester, particularly middle-class people who are doing well, would be to look at the sustainability goals and to look at the forms of consumption that we have and particularly the forms of uh, carbon emissions and greenhouse uh, gas um, uh, climate change, uh, or climate warming uh, gases that we release. So in Manchester, there's quite a large number of us who would have to think about how could we move our lives towards greater sustainability, but we could also be asking questions about... Um, Equality and inequality in the city, and as we know, economically there are big inequalities in the city, but there are also big health inequalities. If you walk four miles from the university, then you can actually move to areas where life expectancy is ten to twelve years shorter yeah. than it is in in some of the uh, other parts of the city. So, in a way, we should be looking at these partly to ensure that we provide decent livelihoods for all of the people who live in Manchester, and partly to think about the ways in which. Our, our livelihoods and particularly our patterns of consumption impact upon people uh, in very distant parts of the world.
0: OK, thank you. Well, I mean, going distant but not that far afield, I can't not ask you about Trump. And I can't not ask you about so his views on on the SDGs, of global collaboration and, and aid investments. What impact do you think he's had on the global policy and perhaps what do you think needs to change?
1: Um, well, I mean, Trump is clearly... Um, uh, a very interesting <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, 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 uh um phenomena and obviously it's not alone when you look at the rise of populist politics and people promising their populations that everything will be improved if they just keep foreigners out and if they just uh, mm. try to uh, be selfish and think only about the immediate and short-term needs then that is is clearly something that's happening um at the moment and Trump is very much opposed to the multilateralism that has developed the sustainable development goals um, I, mean, I think there are the two key points first of all I, I, I believe that Trump will eventually prove to be quite a blip quite a big blip maybe but he will uh, uh, prove to be a blip because if you look at the processes of global governance that have been rolling out over the last 90 years then these have been moving towards multilateralism and there's been good reasons for that. World War One and World War II Europe nearly destroying itself and then Europe and the USA and Japan nearly destroying themselves. Multilateral devices have helped to, to stop those sorts of confrontations occurring and we should not take um, the peace of Europe or the peace of the USA for granted. Um, We will need, I think, multilateral processes to help guarantee our peace and provide peace uh, further uh, further afield um, in that way. So uh, I think that we we have to look at those. But what worries me probably more about Trump almost than what he does is the way that he appears to have a capacity to change people's ideas. Mm -hmm. And that certainly in the USA, people think that being selfish, um, that asserting only American interests, whatever that means, is somehow the way forward. When, you know, we are a very successful species, Homo sapiens, but that's because we cooperate. That's because we collaborate as a species. That's why our species dominates the, uh, the world and actually are continued, in a way, benefiting from the world in which we live and survival. will depend upon ensuring that these processes of cooperation evolve.
0: I mean that idea of collaboration and cooperation I think is really key to the SDGs and it is that difference between the Millennium Development Goals and, and, and the SDGs themselves. And very much agree, I hope that Trump is but a blip on that that, that development process. But I'm really interested, so if, if Trump has that power to change opinion and it is about a bigger collaboration picture, I'm really interested in where collaboration fits into the SDGs and whether in your mind they are achievable. So we reference them being ambitious, we reference being this this process, they are this global agreement. Can we achieve them? Will we achieve them? We've had pockets that you've referenced of good practice so far, but where would you like to see them in three years' time, for example?
1: Yeah, um, well, it may be being an an academic, but I think the real neglect in some ways has been certainly in academics of naively proceeding with assuming that everybody is multilateral and cosmopolitan in, the, in their orientation and that certainly the, the academic analysis and the popular discourse on these processes of cooperation and collaboration has not been able to keep up and help people to understand what the benefits okay. of working together are, are and of recognising that this is one world and we share it and we will do well on it together or will we do badly on it together but right. countries cannot detach themselves from this now incredibly interconnected world, I mean interconnected through trade, interconnected by people moving through communications but interconnected through the water, through the atmospheric flows, and that we're going to have to manage this um, together. So I think I, I look at the SDGs as one resource that we can use to help to get uh, larger numbers of people to understand that effective multilateral cooperation is good for everybody and will be good for future generations.
0: OK, thank you. So if, if you have that multi-level, sorry, multilateral level of cooperation, coming down to individuals... So what can your average person on the street, myself, um, somebody wandering through the poor area of Manchester, what what can we do to speak to this bigger picture?
1: Okay, well, I think, first of all, you probably don't need to look at the Sustainable Development Goals too much. There's 17 goals, 167 targets. If you can remember those, then you've got a lot of time on your hands. It probably boils down to two key elements um, which are contained in the sustainable development goals one is leave no one behind look around manchester and think who are we leaving behind why are we leaving them behind what can we do about that and the other one is sustainability Um, is the way in which I use resources moving towards sustainability or is it moving against it? And I mean two very simple examples that one could see of that and one can see in Manchester. Um, I mean our streets do seem to have more homeless people on them now than they had five years ago. So certainly we should be asking ourselves why is this the case? Um, you know, what factors are contributing to this? In what ways, you know, what things could we do to try and help get these people into more productive lives in which they will be able to Achieve more of the things hopefully that they want, and not face the severe problems. If one looks at something like plastics, which has been very topical mm-hmm. recently, then it is to look at just how wasteful we are with plastics. Just all this plastic, which we don't actually need. You know, plastic bottle will last for for many cycles. Things don't need to be wrapped. Um, in plastic, so there's a whole number of sort of small ways in which we can look at these things. So yeah, reduce the plastics that you're throwing away. Okay. Ask yourself, but particularly ask your council or your MP why these people are out on the streets and what could be done about it.
0: Okay, thank you. And can that one person, by making those small incremental changes, really have a have a developmental impact?
1: I think so. Um, but it, I mean, it, they will. They will. They will not change the world, but they will contribute to this, in a way, body of thinking about how human beings should behave, which is about being decent, about being collaborative, um, that certainly could take uh, things forward. And, And again, if you look at the work of someone like Steven Pinker, who points out that nowadays our news makes us think the world is at war, everybody is fighting, we are surrounded by terrorists, but actually, compared to most historical periods of time, then... Most part, more and more parts of the world are safe and secure than at earlier times. But yes, we have to keep moving on. So I think it's possible, and that's by individuals deciding uh, the sort of values that they'll promote and encouraging the people around them to pursue similar values. Okay, thank you.
0: And as we approach the, the three-year anniversary of the, the goals from when they were originally set, where would you like to see us in three years' time? So six years into this project.
1: Um... Well, the goals have started moving fairly quickly because the Millennium Development Goals didn't really do anything for five or six years. These Sustainable Development Goals are feeding into international agreements, are feeding into national plans, are feeding into organisational processes. So they've started quite well. I'd hope that we would see that certainly organizations and countries are taking them seriously. I mean, for the UK, I'd hope that we were taking them more seriously than we have been in the last two years and that we move on to trying to get back our position of global leadership. But in terms of the Millennium Development Goals, we were seen as a country that was really trying to help other countries achieve those and thinking about what uh, what it could do itself. Um, but we're not actually using the Sustainable Development Goals as a major accountability tool which some countries certainly in northern Europe and Germany uh, have been uh, doing and so I hope that we would uh, return to trying to be sort of at the vanguard of this movement to promote the the sustainable development goals and similar ideas rather than lagging behind which is the decision we've taken over that our government has taken over the last two years.
0: Thank you. And maybe movements towards that could also reflect upon individuals' contributions as well. So you could be empowered to start with your own behavioural change to have that more sustainable impact.
1: Yeah, and certainly on the, on the sustainability front, that is quite possible. And people I mean, can look at themselves, whether they want to contribute to an NGO, whether they want to work in a local um, social group which is running a food bank or something of that nature. I think in Manchester, certainly some of the people who work in some of the food outlets here just became offended two or three years ago with throwing so much good food away okay. and connected with the charities and are now able to actually not waste that food but actually use that food so that it can contribute to the well-being of people who could not afford to uh, to buy it, so in a way using it rather than uh, binning it. So I think there are a whole set of ways in which individuals can, can think about that, whether it's cycling to work, mm-hmm. um, whether it is... Uh, yeah, trying to uh, engage with local political processes and encourage their councillors to do something different.
0: Okay, thank you. And can I ask, um, what work is, is GDI, the Global Development Institute, doing around the Sustainable Development Goals?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, most of the work we do because the Sustainable Development Goals are so broad, can be tracked to one or two goals. But uh, we've got one particular project that's looking closely at the idea of national planning. And that's quite interesting, we find, because national planning was judged to be a failure in the 1970s and 1980s. And many economists and uh, many uh, uh, policy people dismissed it. But the work that we're doing on our new national uh, planning project has actually found 130 operating national plans at the moment and that's looking at the way in which the sustainable development goals are certainly helping to push many of those national plans to start thinking about using some of the measures in the Sustainable Development Goal targets as targets um, f- for their national plans and beginning to, to, to use those. Certainly some countries have had debates about which of the Sustainable Development Goals should we focus on for the next five years uh, and that. So they're having debates in a way about the synergies but about which, which of these goals will maximise the synergies that we get in terms of perhaps sustainability and poverty reduction and economic growth so uh, that our national planning project uh, has been developing very uh, very well so far
0: excellent thank you i think that's probably a good time to to wrap it up
1: okay well thanks very much for interviewing me
0: not at all thank you thank you for your insights